Welcome back to Lucky Episode Number Thirteen of the ATM Podcast. As usual, I'm joined with my co-host, Mr. Caleb Geber Hewitt of the Patriots. What's going on, my man? <laughs> you sound like I'm a player for the Patriots. Hey, I'm doing good, great. Right? Doing great, man. How about you? Man, hanging in there. You know, you're the ultimate. You're the ultimate spokesperson. You're the ultimate representative, <laughs> coach, GM, man, we CEO. Y'all's, we just beat y'all's rivals this weekend. You know. Coming I mean, to y'all, or y'all are coming up to Boston up next week. Yeah, Patriots, you know, they beat the Eagles last week, got a good opportunity to beat another NFC East team, moved to 10-1. and one. Uh, That's going to be a good one. Let's just go ahead and put this, you know, Cowboys win, uh, lunch is on me, Patriots win, you owe me lunch. So uh, if you want to step up to that kind of plate, uh, let me know, but... Uh, we, we can talk, we can talk about we'll, it. We'll talk, we'll talk off wax. Yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and, and kind of just jump into it. Uh, a lot of crazy things happened this weekend. I mean, you had the Steelers-Browns thing that happened right before the weekend. But during the weekend itself, uh, on Saturday, a day of no games, Mr. Colin Kaepernick, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers uh, in the quarterback position, held a workout uh, hosted by the NFL. They worked together to get this together. And uh, there were some complications. But at the end of the day, it was taped. It was streamed. All 32 NFL teams are on notice that Colin Kaepernick can still play the quarterback position at a high level. Um, that being said, do you want to go into why this was a, a, a little complicated? Yeah, uh, one of the big reasons for it is, uh, like, was Kaepernick wanted it to be not only just the uh, the liability waiver that he's that wasn't signed, but it was also location was the problem. He wanted to be able to film it, which. Personally, in my opinion, I understand uh, that, yeah, you want this to be shown. You don't want this to be a uh, closed thing, where, a closed media thing where, like, there wouldn't be anybody recording or people on the outside just wouldn't be able to see the throws that he made to see that he still has the ability because there are maybe, you know, there anybody could see the, him throwing the ball and anything could happen. But there was a lot of complications with that. Uh, he ended up changing the location an hour before the the event was actually supposed to start. And before that, a whole uh, 25 teams were actually expected to come, and they've said that they were going to come when they knew it was at the NFL's appointed, appointed location. But because they weren't allowing filming, Kaepernick wanted to change the venue just for the filming opportunity and to live stream it onto YouTube. And that was a, it, he said that around 30 minutes right before the actual event was to start. And the place that he switched the venue to was an hour-long location. It was an hour away from uh, the location that was appointed, which then that didn't make... That didn't want any NFL executives that were already there want to go. So that number from 25 then cut to seven executives that then went to go to that high school to watch Colin Kaepernick throw. But it was a... I I saw some of the throws. There's probably that one deep ball that everybody saw. It was nice. He has some. He still. I heard that like from people there, or not like directly, but like I've read that people say he still has his fastball, and that like he realistically he might have a chance, like ability wise. But again, it might just be what happened like the past three years. Yeah, nothing happens. And and to kind of go into why you know he changes this location, it's an hour away from Atlanta where it's originally supposed to be. Yeah, Um, it's still in. It's still in Atlanta. I thought. But it's an hour away, right? Yeah, I thought it was just like a different venue of the city. Yeah, oh, I mean, if it's an hour like away, I thought you meant like it's an hour drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I just didn't know the actual, like... No, yeah, I yeah. thought it was still like a Atlanta-based high school. But still, I mean, an hour away from where the yeah, workout yeah, was originally supposed thing. to be. 30 know, minutes right before the event was supposed to start. Yeah, there's a reason why he's doing that, right? And, and kind of to go in on that... He also, of course, with anything you do that relates another company or anyone that has some sort of liability, you're going to sign a waiver. And on that waiver, it's going to explain to you all the risks of what you're doing, what could possibly be the outcome of it. And at the end of it says, hey, this person you're doing this with, this company you're doing this with has no liability if any of this stuff happens to you. And once you sign that, you're basically saying, all right, uh, whatever happens, happens and it's on me. So basically, you're taking liability or as we like to call it in the working world, responsibility for yourself. Um, and that that something he that something he did sign before, but it was they kind of docked it. Or yeah, doctored but it a little. there's a there's a clear like it, I'll, I'll go in a little bit yeah. more on that part. He signs a normal uh, liability waiver form, whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This one was a little bit different in that it says, hey, basically everything that happened in the past, 
uh, once you sign this, you're basically saying, I'm never going to pursue this in the court of law again. It doesn't matter if any wrongdoing is found or if anything happens, you're basically never going to sue us again. Um, which again, in my eyes, like kind of what we were saying earlier, is if you're telling me that, if you're asking me to sign my name to something like that, you should, one, you shouldn't have to, two, if you are, I think you're sketch now. Like, it kind of sounds like they're admitting defeat in a way, right? They are, but they are admitting guilt. I mean, uh, that's where well, they're not admitting anything by just saying that it, it could be you could really apply that to any statement. Like, it could any player could sign it and it really wouldn't matter. They're basically just giving up their right to sue them. But if the NFL does their job and does right by them, then yeah, there's no issue, right? So that's that, what they that, can that, use that, as the that argument. Statement, or that section wasn't in the uh, original one that he signed, right? And like, I think it was like 2011 when he first joined the NFL. Yeah, like, it wasn't. That part wasn't in there. They, no, it, seemed it like never they is. Specifically added that to. To like against not against Kaepernick, but like against Kaepernick. No, it is. This one was again. It's not the same level of uh, like liability for him, like as when a player comes in. Because well, yeah. guess what? The teams that all them stuff they they help these players when they get hurt, right? The teams assume yeah. responsibility for the players when that does happen. But he uh, is not with the team. But he's so. not with the team. So this is a little bit different. It's like an individual liability for him because you're yeah. electing. The, the NFL doesn't play. usually have individual workouts like this. Yeah, this is this was odd. This is like looking at it like a college kid, like or a kid that's preparing to go to college workout, or like a you know a college kid going to the NFL working out. Like I've never seen a pro have to go do this. Like usually you've proven your worth. You know it's on a team. To I've never really that. seen a, like a a college like kid. I've never seen just one person have their own like <coughs> thing event like this. Though. Well, no, there's people Whether that will have or... their own pro day. Well, no, that's different. There'll be other like people there. Like I've never seen this event was specifically made for Kaepernick. Essentially, is what I mean by that. Yeah, and that's something you don't see from the NFL. Well, but, here's like, the they, thing: you they see, they're not going to hold something like that for like Des Bryant. Not the like, NFL, not the NFL are, like, in total, but you might see like a team, like the Cowboys, might have a if, like you know if we lose our quarterbacks, they might you know have a workout with one player, see what he is. So like individual teams, yeah, I totally can see that happening. Bring them in for a practice, see if they can do well, mm. and then you sign them. But, like, oh, the whole NFL, my guy? Like, you're bringing the whole NFL here to see this one guy? Like, again, sh- we have to give yeah. a little bit of credit to Jay-Z's, you know, side with the NFL. Efforts. Because th- I don't think this happens without someone like them. Like, how is this all happening so quickly where, you know, he has the opportunity to, to work out like this? Jay-Z just got there, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm, just a few months ago. But another thing that could be said is how come... Jay-Z couldn't have informed Ka- Kaepernick of this a little earlier. I know that he had, Kaepernick has come out and said, yes, I wake up every day at five in the morning and I still put in that work. But even still, getting any kind of notice to know that I have a job interview at the end of this week, I would like to know that I have a job interview a lot more in advance than just a week. I mean, yeah, that's true. But here's here's how I'm thinking Jay-Z is involved with the NFL. This man is not the one looking at all these contracts, reviewing all that stuff. I promise you, Jay-Z is the big picture. He creates the vision. He draws the picture and he paints in the lines, all that stuff. Like he gives the strategic. Kind of helps with their, I see him at also like a culture person as well for them. Yeah, like all okay. that kind of stuff. But like the nitty gritty, all that stuff, he doesn't need to get involved with. That's not his role. There's people within his team that that handle that kind of stuff. He just gives them the vision with which to move. So, I mean, like, I'm sure he, like, definitely pushed for this. You know, like we saw on, on, on a lot of reports is he put his, uh, you know, basically he took a bullet for this reputational bullet uh, to basically get this workout going. So, I mean, I don't know if he knew, to be honest. It's just a matter of, you know, he was able to line it all up. It, it, it didn't work out that way. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, it's a, still a step in both directions or like e- towards each other. You know, the NFL took a step forward. Cap took a step forward. I mean, that's kind of all you can really say. I mean, like you said, I, I think nothing will come of it, but it's a step forward. You know, it's something. Like, did I think this was going to happen last year or the year before that? Hell no. Nah. So, I mean, like, really, can we be mad that something like this even almost happened? That's still a good thing, right? We hadn't seen anything else. Yeah. I mean, it shows that there was slight progress. I personally, like... I didn't think, like, I thought the story was essentially done before this event happened. I didn't think that we would probably hear about Kaepernick for a while, maybe. Unless some big event or some, like, changing thing happened that didn't really even have Kaepernick in mind like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing, bro. Like, 
Kaepernick as a quarterback, first off, he's like, what, 31, 32? That's not old for a quarterback. Like, we got Tom Brady in here in the senior citizen home. Like, what is he about to be turning 43? 40, 41, 42. 42. He's about to turn 42. This man is a whole 10 years younger than him, and he hasn't played for three years. So, really, he's like 28 in quarterback years. Like, this man can play, he can ball, and he can run. Like, he was a good runner back in the day, too. So what I don't Not get just is Brady though. There's also like quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger is getting old. Yeah, he's about Bill to be Burns 39. Getting old. He's about to be 38 or something like that. Like Eli Manning's 38, 39. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo played for a fat minute because he had the. They have Daniel J- Daniel Jones to replace. So I I don't think that they would just bring in Kaepernick all of a sudden. No, they wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like when you when you think about it, he should be in this league. Like my man Brian Hoyer's in this league. Who else? Is, who else are we like not thinking about right now? Kyle Allen is in the league. That man just threw four well, picks. Kyle, well, uh, so did Mason Rudolph. So did Philip Rivers. Mason Rudolph is, is is starting for a team. I just think there's a lot of good. And don't I don't hate Mason Rudolph. I think he was. And a, don't, and he was don't, a good OSU player. You didn't even mention. You didn't even mention about those guys in Miami. Yeah, whoever they got in Miami was it Matt Moore? No, he is. No, it's, he it's Josh Rosen right now. It's uh, Josh Rosen Fitz Magic. Even I even think maybe for the Redskins instead of putting out I didn't I didn't like the decision <coughs> the first time they put out Haskins because they they essentially threw him into a horrible fire where like he did not even take he had taken no snaps like no practice snaps before he even played an NFL game that's something I've never heard before maybe a season where they just threw Kaepernick out there instead of risking your young rookie quarterback who you just drafted I'm maybe just saying throwing, like there is there's more like teams should have. Like they're just essentially like going around it. There, there's like what sixty to ninety quarterbacks in the league, right? Yeah, about two per each team, maybe two to three. Why? I'm just saying, of all of them, like I really can't think of anyone that is better than like or not better than Kaepernick, but I can't think of those last like whoever's at the bottom five. None of them are better than Kaepernick. In the bottom ten, none of them are better than Kaepernick. Blake Bortles is still actually in the league. Yes. I don't know if you Didn't do. they pay he's Jay a, Cutler a, to come off the bench and, and play too? To come off the bench, they, they paid. Jay him Cutler out of literally didn't want to play. They paid him out of retirement. And they paid him out of retirement. He didn't want to play. Kaepernick actually wants I mean, to play. I, We're just, there like, was a there was a play he had with the Dolphins where he literally just stood there with his hands on his hips and watched as it was a uh, wildcat play. Like that's the effort that was being put out there instead of calling Kaepernick, a man who is still a set, who apparently is waking up five in the clock, five o'clock every morning to practice for a sport that he might not ever play again. Absolutely, no, that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm not trying to go to it too much more further with that. I, I'm just trying to highlight, and I, I see you are too. Mm-hmm. Really, just this man has the talent to play, yet he's not playing. Mm-hmm. That is something weird, is it not? That's all we need to say, right? Well, yeah, something that just came. Up. How come he hasn't at least like he could at least try like the CFL? I mean, he I could he, have. I know but that's not his idea. I know that's not his ideal spot. But like, I at least want to. Like now, I kind of want to just. I want a showcase of Kaepernick. I want to see what he's still able to do. No, right now see, we're look, just, you we only all, want all you only want that stuff. because he hasn't played in the NFL. That's the only reason why. Why? Why should he have to? Why should he have to go and showcase this? The NFL is literally taking an opportunity. Because for him. nobody, in, nobody in the NFL is going to be doing. Nobody in the NFL. Is so gonna right, have, like, like for the, him the in his eyes, unless they see it. In his eyes, if that's all he's going to go for, and that's it, I respect it, man. If you're not going to be at the top, you don't want to play somewhere else. Like I get it, I totally get it. There's players who are like, yeah, uh, you know, once I, I see I'm not an all star, like an NBA, for example, you know, once that happens, like I'll retire. Some people go to China. So yeah, but some, some people, people go to China, but go to China. Yeah, some people will. Not everyone. So you gotta just respect it, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, that being said, when we talk about respect, obviously I gotta talk about my Cowboys because they demanding that respect right now with that uh, 35-27 victory over the Lions in Detroit. Right? Uh, yes. America's team doing it once again out here uh, playing the Lions secondary, one of the best secondaries in the league. Uh, we we already know what we're gonna talk about with this, but Michael Gallup. All I'm gonna say is he had Darius Slay looking a fool. He got that man turned left and right. He didn't know which direction to go. Siri couldn't tell him. Um, but yeah, that was a great game. So I mean, here's here's kind of what we need to discuss right now is this Cowboys team. If they play the way they did against Detroit, if they played the way they did um, against the Giants, 
that is a playoff team, right? And I think that's one yeah. of the best teams in the NFC. Most people wouldn't wouldn't argue that. Do you think that this team has the consistency to make it to the playoffs? And can we expect to see this team in the playoffs, the same team in the playoffs? So to answer that first question, do they have the consistency? Yeah. They have the potential, yes. I believe, yes, they do have the potential to carry on this, uh, this like, ability that they have and to keep the, the role going. The playoff part, I don't... The only... If they beat the Eagles, I think it's not next week because they play the Cowboys this upcoming week. I think it might you be the, the Patriots? Week, two week... Or, yeah, they play the they play the Patriots the week this week. And then the, they play the Bills Thanksgiving Day... And I think the game after that might be against the Eagles. And if the if the Cowboys are able to beat the Eagles, no no matter the like, the Cowboys can go one and one within these next few games, and the Eagles could go two and zero. Oh. But if the Cowboys beat them, not only do they already have that game advantage, but they're they're beat, this Eagles team that I saw yesterday has a very great defense. And if you can beat them, like in this like. You know, the Eagles, like these past few years, they somehow have been able to kick it in, like in the second half of the year, and they make a playoff push. If you're able to beat this playoff push team, and maybe within that time, they'll get more receivers back, the team will get more healthy. And if they're able to beat that team, I believe 100% this Cowboys team can be a playoff team. Or can playoff, yeah, a playoff team. And they will win the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, because we've already played the Giants twice, we beat them 2 0. Uh, mm-hmm. We beat the Redskins when we played them. I'd imagine we're going to beat the Redskins again. So we're really going to have mm-hmm. 2-0 advantages on every team if we can beat this Eagles team. I mean, I'm 100% on board with you. If we can beat that team, if we can, if we go 1-1 one one in these next two weeks, I, I'd imagine we win the Thanksgiving Day game against the Bills before we win the Patriots game. But um, if we even just go... Well, if we go 1-1... One one, Patriots offense was yesterday, they might be able to... Never know. And, I mean, yeah, they have the de- the defense and secondary for it. But if we beat, if we go one and one, and we beat the Eagles, I think yeah, we we definitely comfortably are in the playoffs. Definitely, uh, I don't think I question that because I, I think we're we're a good playoff team. I think we make it even if we don't win the NFC East, which I think again that's a long shot that we don't. But even if we don't, we'll still get a wild card spot. I think. So I mean, really, what I want to know is, does this team? Which, which team are you more likely to see? The team we saw against the Vikings. Or are we going to see a team more like we saw yesterday? What is the consistent day-to-day ceiling of this team? Like, what can you expect? What can you count on with this team when it comes to playoff time? Uh, well, I'm not going to say how they'll play playoff time. I'll just say how they, how I believe this team should continue to play. Yeah. I believe this team... Uh, wait, first, let me just say that I was actually wrong. It won't be two weeks from now. It won't be after that uh, Eagles game or after that Bills game. It will be... It'll be around week 16 when they play each other. So, it so it'll be a, a could week, be a division title a, game. Three, it'll, yeah, it'll be a week after that uh, that week that we just spoke of. So I still, they, and the Cowboys play on week 15, the week before they play the, sorry, I just had it a second ago. They play the Rams, which will, they, if they can go, they can beat that Rams team with the way Derek Goff played. I, I believe the Cowboys defense, which is also another point that, I'd like to bring up is that the Cowboys defense, though, doesn't play great at times. I'd like to say Awuzie is a great cornerback that is uh, like very a lot more solid than I would like than I like at first heard about because I heard that he was one of the best on the Cowboys defense. But I was, you know, I always heard about the front line for the Cowboys. You don't really hear much about the corners that much. But when I was watching him yesterday, and I heard some things that like how him and Cooper are like really close to each other and how they like communicate and they i'm assuming that cooper also like they might go one-on-one and it, it's a great matchup to have a great great friend as your receiver as your great cornerback to like you know practice against somebody and to have like that like ability to learn against somebody who's also great because cooper had a very great game yesterday as well he had what 100 100 over 100 yards and a touchdown yesterday i believe yeah i think so yeah but he was also out for a little bit too wasn't he yeah, uh, Michael I mean, Gallup it was went Michael off. Michael Gallup. That Mike, Michael Gallup had. I he think had like hundred. He had one hundred forty something one, yards. Yeah, one forty eight. One forty eight and a touchdown, and he had the ball thrown to him a pretty good chunk of times. He was thrown the. He had nine receptions. targets. Yeah, thirteen targets off nine receptions, and that's a great. That's a great like uh, catch to catch ratio right there. Cause, like you know he's that's not dropping any, but uh, yeah. But a person that I want to talk about 
who's not really going to get that talked about much is a running back for the Cowboys. And his name isn't Zeke. Tony Pollard? Yes. They're, the way... The, I don't understand how how well the Cowboys can play with Tony Pollard on their offense. Like, I don't understand how, like, they'll take Zeke out and somehow it'll seem like they'll do better with Tony. Pollard in. He went... Uh, yeah, receiving-wise, he was... I, he went four for four, 44 yards and a touchdown. He was one of the, uh, like, I think it was, like, sixth reception-wise. But it's still just crazy how, like, their offense can run so smoothly with Pollard in because of what Pollard's type of running back style is. How Zeke is more the bruiser type right now, and Pollard is more the receiving out the backfield. It's just great how they're, like, you can kind of see them trying to work it in together and trying to, like, figure out how that's going to work out. But if they can get that, like... That matchup going, it's kind of how like what uh what the Bengals had a few years ago and Giovanni Bernard and uh and I don't remember something Hill, but they had a great two running back tandem. I'm not saying the Cowboys should run a two running back tandem because they have a great running back in Zeke, but I feel like they should they're, they're going to open their offense a lot more. And I really like the way uh Dak has looked under Kellen Moore's offense. Oh yeah, offense. absolutely. I mean. Tony Pollard he amazing the other day. He's really good. I, I like Tony Pollard a lot. Number Especially, one offense in the league, if you didn't know. Yeah, the Cowboys is. And he's a Dak's top five, top five passer. But like on Tony Pollard's part, mm-hmm. you know, like what is what is Zeke and and him remind me of? They remind me of like a better balanced version of what San Diego is trying to do. Like Melvin Gordon, he's a good runner, but he's not like the biggest pass catcher in the world. You know, that's what that's what Eckler's mm-hmm. really good at. But Eckler's not a good runner yeah, at all. That's what I meant. Oh, I, what the Bengals had with Giovanni Bernard and I just don't remember the other running back they had but they had like two different types where like yeah where they could do one of each but I think this Cowboys team they can do both you know what I'm saying Tony Pollard really when he filled in for Zeke he could run the ball he ran really efficiently and he's a good pass catcher right he's a he's doing Uh both Zeke had a reception touchdown and he's always a good always been a good receiver out of the backfield like they can do both really so it's I think that's what's so he had dangerous a great about catch on, uh, I'm not going to let that go. He had an amazing catch this past weekend. Yeah, for that TD run? Yeah, Zeke. Yeah, well, and that's what I thought was uh, so so uh, amazing about like that this specific backfield is that they can both do both things, you know. Like they can be mm. power they can they can run like a power back but they can catch too. I- I think yeah. Zeke's probably better at the power back part, obviously. Tony Pollard's more of like a quick more runner. More elusive. You, you can still run the same game plan and all that stuff. Um, those plays work with both of them. That's what I think mm-hmm. is good. It's just, again, consistency. I, I always expect to see the team we see we saw against the Lions yesterday. The Lions have a good secondary. So, I mean, consistently going forward, that's, a ty- that ty- that's at least the type of team we need to see for the next four weeks if we want them to go to the playoffs. If not... Uh, you know, that's going to be the big question there. So, you know, will they be consistent? Can they show up like this every week? We're going to have to see, but uh, based on what we've been... Another thinking, another quick thing I'd like to add is that the, the offensive line did a great day at uh, protecting Dak Prescott. No, oh, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. It's one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, yeah, they get hurt sometimes. But, I mean, you know, again... When they're, when they're all together, that is... It, it's, it's like trying to break down a wall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, can they be th- that consistent? I'm hoping so. We just need to see that for the next couple weeks, uh, and we'll find out. So, uh, moving on to the next one. So, we went from one uh, really, really great offense to another really, really great offense just in a different uh, conference in the Ravens versus the Texans. Right off the bat, got to talk about this first. Our man, Lamar Jackson. Uh, got him in a few fantasy leagues. This man is money every week. This is what two or three weeks in a row that he's thrown four passing touchdowns. Just right off the bat, is this man the MVP of the NFL at this point of the, of the season? Yes or no? He he is definitely one of the front runners. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna give him the MVP right now because Russell Wilson is still doing amazing numbers in Seattle. Uh, I I say it's really a two horse race right now. It, it was kind of a uh, kind of a like a three horse race with like Mahomes but since the, he got injured he's kind of dropped out but uh, I I'd say that it's going to be Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson what it seems like right now No I mean I I would agree but I don't know here's the, here's the thing every time it's hard I want, to deny what Lamar's doing Yeah I mean it's just 
you know, we see with Russell Wilson, he's, he said like in the game against the 49ers um, and, and other close, close games this season, they were like NFC championship games, right? And it's because they were what? Down to the wire. They were thrilling. They were close. He had to be clutch and he won them games. But on Lamar Jackson's side, this was what? 42 to 7? And what was the score last week? Yeah. Like, whatever they're uh, scoring, they, they're always yeah. coming out here and they're dominating teams. Yeah, That's they, a well, different average, level of. They average good. around like 33 points a game. So, like, this is a team that can put up numbers. Exactly, and they're not they're not eking out wins like the Seahawks are with you know clutch play. So we can't say that you know that uh, Lamar Jackson wouldn't have done the same thing. It's just he's not giving opponents the opportunity. That's why I think he's he's so strongly entrenched for me at number one right now. Is because if you're really that good, you wouldn't put your team in that position in the first place, or your team wouldn't be in that position in the first place. Well, some of the like things I want to talk about about this like this uh, this offense for the Ravens that. Like I said, averaging around 33 points is something that I really, like, that stood out to me was that this past game, and usually what it seems like in most games is that they don't throw it much to their wide receiver. Nope, tight ends. Will, will least, yeah, it's usually tight end. It's actually tight ends. They're, the past, or this past game that just happened, their top three was, like, he, Lamar Jackson threw it to 10 different people, and his top, the top three receptions were to a tight end, a running back, and a fullback. Now, I don't know how many how many teams in the NFL can, like, be able to win where they're consistently throwing, or, like, those are usually the people he throws it to week in and week out. Mark Andrews, uh, Gus, Ed, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram. I don't remember the fullback's name off the top of my head, but he they, they're one of the teams that still care about their fullback and utilize the fullback position. And I just find it really amazing how, like, they're able to, and I feel like another reason why they're, why those three positions have, like, the most receptions particularly from that last game is because they're kind of a running based team so like in a running play you'll kind of be you'll kind of like pack up the line you'll want more people you'll get offensive linemen you'll bring in maybe two tight end set and then that's when you'll know like then you can easily just pull out of that do a play action then you'll throw it to like you know there's more tight ends on the field there's running back you just play action too so that's why i feel like those three like positions are kind of like the key positions for this ravens offense other than just lamar other than lamar jackson well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, like Lamar's, you have to, you have when you have a player like Lamar, you have to build your offense around him. It's the build same thing when yeah. he when you have the ability to run, you want to use that to the best you can. But to his credit, this man's not running that much. He's not running as much as like you know you would you would well, think he would. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he tries yeah, he to he genuinely tries to throw more than he uh, than he tries to run. Yeah, he he ran nine times for about eighty six yards, but like. It seems like once a game he'll have like he'll break off for a huge run and he'll truly show that acceleration, and then that's when you see the Lamar Jackson show. Yeah, and and, and to to that point, like even if you look at just this game, Mark Ingram two touchdown uh, receptions. Mark Andrews had a touchdown reception. Actually, he, I think he's had one like uh, mm-hmm. pretty much almost every game I, this season. There's I, probably I been he had two hasn't. Well. But Mark Andrews has been a big beneficiary of it, the, uh, the tight end. Uh, Gus Andrews as well too. They have like they're all consistent weapons, but it it stems from what he can either run or he can pass. He prefers to pass, but if you let him run, he will burn you. It's and you really can't get him into those stupid kind of runs either. He runs very smart. So when you give him when you have that option, use that as your threat. Like the fact that we can do either or should always put defenses into a panic. And even against the most drilled in and most coached defenses like the Patriots, you can get you know, kind of like flustered and that can mess up your flow. So, I mean, to their point, I mean, to the, to the Ravens point, not just the players themselves, but the coaching staff, they recognize what talent they have and they're using, they're coaching their team to that play, style of play. Not a lot of teams do that. Most teams will try to fit players into their pegs that they may or may not fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine like, like in the NBA, when Phil Jackson wanted Melo to learn the triangle offense. That's not his style of offense. You shouldn't play that kind of way with with uh, Carmelo as your star. Similar here, they know what Lamar Jackson's good at, and they've accentuated those strengths even more than a normal offense could have. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and that, they were willing to do that once they drafted him because they knew what they were getting. Yeah, they knew what they wanted to build around. And to their point, or to their credit, it has significantly helped their defense. Their defense isn't bad, but now their defense can. Well, I mean. Picking up or uh, trading for Marcus Peters also kind of helps. Yeah, it helps and a lot. And getting a, I forgot what cornerback they had, but his, something Smith, they just got him back. I think Jimmy Smith, 
he uh, he was he just came back from injury. Yeah, Jimmy. He's been with the team for a while. He's yeah. a very good cornerback. My friend always tells me about him. Yeah, so I mean, like their defense is good, and it's not it's not like their secondary is really their thing. Usually, it's been their front seven, but their secondary has been clutch. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fact that their defense isn't on the field well, for their, that long. Their defensive line, they sacked Deshaun Watson six times this week. <coughs> but, last week. And, and that kind and of... It could have been from a bad O-line, but that, their no, defense was playing That's exactly what we're, we're, we're kind of going with this next is what we were talking about earlier, which was this Texans offense has, quite frankly, looked like ass. Um, mm. I think, and we've discussed, it stems from this offensive line you know they may have traded for uh oh man i already forgot his name Tunsil. yeah for larry uh, larry Tunsil from miami one of the best left tackles in the game they might have done that but still for some reason too like you said got sacked six times he threw how many interceptions like he threw well he only threw one pick yeah so i mean like like could that have been the result of uh, unnecessary pressure i didn't see that 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 part of the game so i'm not sure but there, there was another. I think it could have been too. There was a pick that was. It, he, let's just say that the offense wasn't looking good. But it starts game. with the offensive line. If you have no protection, can yeah, you even get a playoff? Mm. So I mean, that's that. That's it. I mean, what do you what do you see with this Texans offense? Like, what is what is the wrench behind this offense that's holding it up? I, I've said this for, but yeah, it's. I've said this for weeks. I believe this offensive line just isn't equipped to protect Deshaun Watson, and that I really don't want that to be the problem because if you cannot protect Deshaun Watson then there's no way he's going to be able to blossom and he's ever so we might never be able to see what he's fully capable of because he's going to be behind such a bad offensive line and if we this past offseason we just lost a quarterback that has not played behind a good offensive line and who had to retire early because of that same reason so I, I just don't want to see another Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson because I really enjoy watching Deshaun Watson and his like the throws that he makes sometimes are just 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 him moving around in the pocket and his decision making is like it's great but if I'm not able to even see him like throw the ball then there's no point to even like saying that he's good at throwing the ball because he won't get the chance to no that's true I mean yeah yeah if if, yeah it's it's almost like what came first the chicken or the egg like in the sense that you wow I think my roommate's like going off about some Fortnite right now (laughs) Jeez, can you hear that? Yeah. Oh my God, this is behind closed doors. Um, jeez, I can't even imagine what what happened. Um, no, yeah, like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like you can't have a great quarterback without a great offensive line, and uh, you'll never know if you have a great offensive line without having a good quarterback, right? Because <laughs> um, in the sense that, like, even a bad quarterback, if they're, if they're it would also bad, help the run game as well. Yeah, which they don't have much of right now. Well, I mean, here's the thing: Houston hasn't had a great running back in quite some time. I can't remember their last thousand-yard rusher. What was it? Um, what was the it? The closest person they had was Arian Foster. Yeah, I forgot his name for a minute. Blast. He was, yeah, and he, yeah, like he got hurt way too much. He was a great running back, but I think it's been like what four or five years since he played for them. It's been a while, yeah. Because I remember they traded him to. I don't know if he was traded to, but I remember he, he went ended to up Miami. Miami somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, he signed there because he uh, he didn't get re-signed in Houston. But basically, he has they haven't had a good running back since like two years before he, he finished in Houston. So uh-huh. I mean that that to me screams out bad offensive line. If you can't get a thousand yard rusher, your line isn't good enough, isn't consistent enough because they need not to be, even. Well, you don't even. I don't believe you need a thousand yard rusher with a player like Deshaun Watson. If you can at least get a. At least viable defensive. Well, option. it's not. It's not so much or as not a defensive, need. Not defensive, it's, a rushing option. Because at, if you can at least get like, if you can build the like, but people say the run can work up to the pass, and that's I. I feel like it's that not so much of a need. But, it's not so much of a need for this offense. Is not what I'm. What I'm getting at. It's just if you don't have, if your line can't produce that, yeah, you're not going to be that. They won't good. be able to even run. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's really what I'm getting at. You need a thousand yards total from your team, like. Because, I mean, what, what do the Cowboys get in a year? Like, it's pretty much what Zeke rush, rushes for is what the whole Cowboys team rushed for. Because, I mean, Dak, he might get, like, what, plus 50 yards, plus 100 yards? Nothing crazy. Um, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, if your team can't produce at least that many yards, there is an issue. So, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's Deshaun Watson running, even if it's just the running backs, regardless, you need a 1,000 yards rushing as a team to say, like, okay, we're not the worst offensive line in the world. Because that's really a telling sign either way. Um, 
So, I mean, like, I, I don't know. They haven't had that. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. I personally just don't think their offensive line has been looked at in that long. Like, I don't know if they've noticed that. Um, I, I don't. I can't say I watch enough Houston football to say, like, that's, you know, been something I've observed in the past couple of years. All I know is that Deshaun Watson gets hurt a lot. Like, he got hurt all last year with the torn ACL. Uh, he gets a lot of sacks. I think he, at one point, was taking the most sacks. He a lot. Yeah. Um, and we saw what happened with Andrew Luck, to your point. So, I mean, what's going to happen? Are they going to improve this? Are they not? What, I mean, what's the ceiling on this offense? Do you think this team could even make the playoffs? Uh, they might make the, the playoffs solely off of whatever happens in their division. Just because uh, I believe the Colts right now, they, they did win this past week against the Jaguars. And that's really the only team. Maybe Texans in third or Jaguars in third. But I, I see it either being them making the playoffs or the Colts making the playoffs. And I don't know what the playoff picture is off the top of my head, but they might be able to get sneak in on the wild card. I think that, yeah, but I mean, do you think, on the record. you think the Colts are better than this team? Like, on, honestly speaking? Uh, Marlon Mack, uh, broken hand. Marlon Mack's surgery. out for a few weeks, yeah. He's out. T.Y. Hilton's been out. He should, no, I believe T.Y. Hilton should be coming back soon. Hopefully, that will be able to help Jacoby Brissett out in their next games. But I, it's hard to say, well, actually, they actually play each other this Thursday. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, they're, yeah, they're both six and four. Uh, I, if you want to just quickly say who you think is going to win that one, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm a lean towards the Colts, just because I feel like they're a more, uh, more like sure team. Even though they did just lose a running back, they have uh, their replacement. I saw had like something. His name was Jay Williams. He had like 115 yards or something like that rushing. And Marlon Mack only left in the third quarter around. So if he's able to get 115 yards with, I'm assuming, whatever time that Marlon Mack was, like, tired and he went out and whatever, like, left of the third quarter and onwards, if he's able to get 115 yards, they might be able to, like, you know, like, have a replacement for a few weeks of Marlon Mack's, uh, like, production rate. So you won't be, like, it won't be a loss there. So I, I feel like this team is more, seems, like, soundly compared to the Texans. The Texans still have a great chance to win, though. With the I got, yeah, I was about to stop right there. I got the Texans. Uh, I, I just, I don't see. Wrong, I'm just picking the Colts because. Yeah, yeah. See them. I, I got like you know. I feel like Deshaun Watson coming off this L. A lot of people are talking about it right now, like ourselves. Uh, I think mm-hmm. on a Thursday night game, they're going to use this opportunity on national showcase. You know, let's just let's just go out. Let's win our division. Let's try to do that. It's, I could, I could see that happening. Very big potential. He could, have, he could have an inspiring performance. So we're going to see. Um, so those are two teams, the NFC, or, uh, NFC the AFC, AFC that, are, that are out here, you know, killing it. Uh, yeah. Lamar, my personal pick for the MVP. Uh, but the Ravens are not the, sec- or the, the best team in the AFC. The Texans, clearly not the best team in the AFC. That team is a team that won this weekend against the Eagles. Uh the Patriots. Not you're saying anyone. you say the Patriots are the best team in the AFC? By record, is what I'm going by. Okay. So they're nine and one, best team in the AFC um, by the numbers. Yet Tom Brady, uh, in his post game review, basically said our offense needs to figure it out. We've been playing like trash. Um, you know, I mean that's not a specific quote. He didn't say that directly, but that's basically the tone of what he was saying. He's saying our offense needs to figure it out. Quote that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to his point, they were struggling like we were talking about. You know, he was when when he throws, the ball was going more towards the ground, but that could have been the wind. Uh, This is a lot of things going on. You know, A.B. was in and out of the team, different things like that. But this offense apparently is struggling. You were talking to me about something that was really interesting, which was kind of the makeup of this offense. I want you to kind of describe for us how this Patriots offense is, how you know so much about it and how someone watching it for the first time can just kind of understand what they're doing and how they do it, what's in their playbook. Because you hear a lot, oh, they went deep in their playbook for this. Explain their playbook. Yeah, well, that I, I'm not going to lie. I've said that phrase about the Patriots, but I say it on rare occasions, usually when they pull out trick plays. And whenever they pull out a trick play is when I know that their their back is really against the wall. And they actually did pull one out this past weekend. They pulled uh, they pulled actually two of them out. One of them wasn't that big of a game, but the second one, 
was a touchdown throw, the game-winning touchdown, actually, thrown by uh, Julian Edelman. But this offense for the Patriots has always been the same thing for, I believe, the past few years. Or even to the fact of last year's Super Bowl, I was sitting and calling plays. I was saying what play was going to happen. It'll be quick outs to Julian Edelman. It's really just short, quick routes a lot of the time. And to be honest, when Brady throws it deep, I sometimes, like, whenever the camera pans over, I'm like, sometimes my heart kind of stops because I'm like, I don't know if this will actually be a, like, sometimes, you know, Brady will just throw it and he'll just be like, where were you aiming at? Like, there was, like, it just doesn't seem like it would be the right type of throw. Like, there was a, uh, like, this past weekend, one that happened. It might have been Jacoby Myers' fault because uh, it was there was a fade route, but for some reason he went inwards for the fade route instead of outwards where Brady threw it. And it, it, it's just miscommunication as well with the with the receivers that, like, he doesn't have the best receivers right now. Uh, he just got Nikhil Harry, the first-round pick from this previous draft, back off of IR. He had a pretty decent game, but when your highest receiver is Julian Edelman, five, 10, or, 10 uh, targets for five receptions and only 53 yards, and your second best is Ben Watson, who you literally brought back a couple weeks ago with 52 yards, you're not having a great offense. That is that is almost half of what Brady threw that game was just to those people right there because he ended up with 216 yards and he threw the ball almost 50 times, 26 out of 47. But to, not, but to barely only scrape this win against the Eagles was, it really shows this offense needs work. No, I mean that's that's true. I mean, the it really is just missing that dynamic piece. Like that's to your point. Like I think AB was that. Even if it was just one game, that man put up in one game, basically like what seventy five yards and a TD, one time. Yes. You know, they, I believe they really implemented him into their offense as well because that play that he scored that touchdown with his sole Patriot touchdown was the play that was used in the Super Bowl where they threw it to Gronk to get the the touch the running play touchdown. Yeah, so I mean that that's why they what had I'm, high hopes for AB is what I mean by that. Yeah, and, and they had a lot of high hopes for Josh Gordon too. And like you were saying uh when we were talking earlier, which was uh like a uh, whatchamacallit? Basically, you know, they gave him as many opportunities to play on that team as, as they could. They they had cut him, they found uh they brought him back in, all that stuff. So Even when, when he was going through all that trouble with the drugs and stuff, they they stuck by him, and they really like this thing like held his hand through it all. I, I it, for some reason it wasn't really talked about that much like when it was happening, but the Patriots actually had somebody follow Josh Gordon around to make sure that nothing would happen, and uh, it was that it wasn't this year, but it was like last year or the year before where he ended up did getting in trouble where. He somehow got away from uh, the person that was following him, and then he ended up getting suspended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you know, you got to do what you got to do. But look, they did everything they could to put him on that team and help him with his behavioral issues. They tried all that okay. stuff. Uh, this, well, it, I believe it worked. It did. I believe it, it. It helped him a lot. He he's a lot more. He's a lot better of a person coming out of it than he was coming into it. But I believe he was a better player coming into it, just because of like time has passed and he's just he doesn't seem like he's the same to me yeah no so i mean like that's what i'm saying you know they they're missing that dynamic piece they tried a lot i mean like they remember you know they would sign guys like ocho cinco you know demarius thomas like all this stuff just to get a Mm -hmm. that deep dynamic threat that they've been missing since randy moss was there um so when you when you think about that uh what, it's just what are they gonna do? You know, Brady's only gonna get older. Like you, you, you need that dynamism. Uh, so do you think that this is just a blip on the radar, or do you think this is a symptom of things to come? I guess that's what we need to figure out. Well, I, the only way that I can gauge this incident is like I already know what the rest of the Patriots receivers can bring to the table, and we we haven't even spoken of us uh, or spoke about Muhammad Sanu. Who I, I personally don't like the way that the Patriots use him. Sometimes they put him in punt returns, and he got hurt on one of them. Like he wasn't out for the game, but like he was out for like a little bit where he turned his ankle. And you don't—that's that's right now. That's like either your best receiver, or that's your second receiver, and you got him doing punt returns when like 
that's okay for some teams, but that's li- the, there's nobody else. Like the the third best receiver on that on the Patriots is Philip Dorsett, and probably everybody listening to this is saying, "Who's Philip Dorsett?" He was actually he caught the game, that touchdown from Julian Edelman. He's the speedster that Brady goes to, but like he never can stay on the field. He, after he caught that touchdown, he actually got a concussion catching that touchdown, and so he was out for that game for after he caught that touchdown. And so it just seems that like. They just need the consistency at wide receiver. And I'm really hoping to kill Harry, who he didn't have the best game. I think he only had the, I think he only had like four targets thrown to him. But I'm really hoping that maybe Brady can get more, like, more connection with him and that maybe that can be the go to guy because Bill, Belichick never really drafts a receiver in the, like, he never drafts him in the first round. And I was very surprised to see Nikhil Harry as the 32nd pick in this past NFL draft. But I'm really having high hopes for him, and I'm really hoping that maybe, maybe that will be the the missing link that Brady needs with this offense to just click together, and maybe that'll also open up the running game because it wasn't, it wasn't a, like the the highest rusher was Sony Michelle, and he only had 33 yards, and obviously that's not great. I don't know how else to describe that. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, you could describe it as a work in progress. And, you know, the Patriots started out, what was it, 7-0 and or 8-0? and 8-0. Yeah, started out 8-0, and just like the 49ers. Um, both teams we thought were invincible. They both have weak spots that they could work on. Uh, and we didn't really talk about the Niners, but they ended up basically eking out a win. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. four TDs uh, against the Cardinals. I had Kyler Murray in that fantasy matchup, so I was watching that game really closely. He had a great... Did you see his touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, He's fast. Bro. <laughs> I can't believe this This was a kid who was just growing up in Allen. Like, you know, you know, that's like down the street from where we are, right? Yeah. And well, like, I mean, probably your location right now. But yeah. that, he's fast. Like, I, I saw that touch. Like, they did that game break where they, like, cut to him. And they showed that touchdown. I was just like, damn. It just didn't seem like, like anybody could get a touch on him. He's a small guy too. Like I don't know if like obviously that's one of the big things I said about him. But like maybe maybe he can be like the next Russell Wilson. Hopefully, dude. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's he's old. I mean, he's improved every game. Like yeah, he he's mm-hmm. really had a rough patch in the beginning. But like that honestly, team since always then, yeah, he hasn't been bad. Like uh, that the thing about the Cardinals is like like they really do each week, no matter who their opponent is. At first, I was just thinking maybe maybe the better teams. Like I remember the. Uh, like week one they yeah i was thinking maybe that teams are playing down to their level but i believe the cardinals seem to be really playing like they play competitive games of football even though i don't believe anything will come out of this season maybe even next season i believe they might be working on something though hey man that that nfc that nfc west is a is one of the strongest divisions in the nfl yeah, Rams not that strong. Players wise, I I just meant like if you accumulated like that like if you accumulated any like divisions team together, I think that that might be the strongest. I think so. I think so. No, I mean you're talking about the Seahawks. You're talking about and they have a good offense. Yeah, see if you combine this, if you combine Seahawks, Niners, the uh, Rams, and the you uh, Cardinals, if you combine a team from that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we digress. Um, I mean, that that kind of covers all the, the main hit points in the NFL. Uh, we only got, like, what, I think 10 more minutes before this thing kicks us out. Um, so, I mean, I'll definitely let you know when that's getting close. But, I mean, real quick, I just want to get, like, a litmus test on the NBA. We have not talked about anything NBA-related at all since the season has begun. Uh, just kind of dress up what's gone on so far. Lakers, best record in the NBA. Anthony Davis and LeBron looking like a match made in heaven. They both swipe right on Tinder and they got a super like uh, connection. So something's something's going on over there. LeBron averaging like Wait, what? what's what's the Lakers record? What is their record? I think it's like because they have to be tied with the Celtics then because the Celtics had the I thought was the best record because they're they're not ten and two after that Kings loss. Yeah, let me see. They, they, after after losing that their first game to the 76ers, they reeled off 10 straight wins. Which, while you're looking that up, I'll just pick up and I'll just say, I really Lakers like are 11 and 2. Playing. I was about to say 10 and 2, but they're 11, 11 and 2. East, okay. Oh, yeah, so they do have the best record. So, I mean, they've been looking phenomenal. Boston's been looking way more rejuvenated, even though they swapped out mm-hmm. Kyrie for 
Kemba. Kemba, and they lost Al Horford and replaced Horford. him with Ennis Cantor. Yeah. They've been looking nice. Uh, yeah. Kyrie's been doing his thing in Brooklyn, looking good. Andrew Wiggins has been on fire in, in Minnesota. Have been a, a very uh, they've been a playoff team. team. They've looked they've looked like a real Ricky, team. Ricky Rubio joining the Suns has really opened this team up. Them and also gaining a Celtic and Aaron Celtic Baines and Aaron on Baines. that team too. I, I I really liked watching Aaron Baines as a Celtic. The only thing I didn't really like was like sometimes he would take three pointers. That were like seemed errant, and not necessary, but like he there. If I would say that there's a player that I knew would like give everything he's gonna give, that man's getting dunked on by anybody. But you know what's the part that you don't like think about when somebody's getting dunked on is he got like he's putting the effort to still play that hard defense, and it doesn't matter. He's still going up and trying to contest every shot. He's not trying to get easy. He's not trying to let easy buckets in, and that's something you have to respect from a big man. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, so I mean, to your point, yeah, Phoenix looking really nice. Uh, the Clippers, well, I mean, we're going to go a little bit more into that. Kawhi yeah. hasn't played since, like, what, last Wednesday against Logan the Rockets? Yeah, he has missed three games in a row. Yeah, and Paul George just coming back. He went off for what was it? He had 37 and 21 30, minutes. 21 minutes. It was Jeez. stupid, bro. It was stupid. Yeah, and, what was it, like 70 points in two games? Yes, bro. Like, remember- with a minutes restriction, my guy. Like, <laughs> we cannot highlight that fact enough a minute's restriction this man is balling out to this degree in the western conference my guy in the western conference this does not get talked about enough but i mean like even in okc this man did not have license to ball like that like he would you know he he was like the main guy but he wasn't like the main guy because westbrook has so many possessions but on this team man it just reminds me how cold paul george is like i always thought he was cold i always liked him but like there's levels to how much more colder he can get. Like, there's still room for him to grow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, another thing that's happened just recently, actually, Melo getting picked up by the Blazers. He's actually playing his first game yeah, right now. I just watched the the highlight where he hit his uh, first three. Tried to I'm, d- I'm going to watch uh, this game after that, actually, too. I, I thought you were going to talk about the highlight where he tried to dunk on Jason Hayes no, or Jackson Hayes. I did not see that. That probably didn't turn out well, did it? No. <laughs> no I can't it imagine. No, that Jackson Hayes kid, I remember seeing him at Summer League. He's nice. He is nice, nice. Like, he was hitting jump shots in... I mean, Summer League's nothing, but I'm just saying, like, even he in a game... the ability that he displayed. To, yeah, to hit a jump shot like that. And then he also took the ball up a few times, too. So he's got, like, some skills. It's not just, like, all, like, rebounding, putbacks, all that stuff. Like, he's got some finesse to his game. That kid has some potential. Uh, if we're talking about rookies... No, look no further ja than Morant. my boy, Ja Morant. This man is dropping jaws legit for real. Like, bro, the way he went at uh, the Brooklyn Nets early on in the season, like, and he waved all mm-hmm. the, goodbye to all of them. He took it to the Celtics, too. Yeah. I'm not going to let also the uh, your team, Dallas Mavericks, the, bro, that man, Luka. My man, Luka, it looking like MVP a man on a like mission. Numbers. A man on a mission, bro. What is he averaging? Like, is it 28, 29, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists? Mm-hmm. With only, like, 4 turnovers. That's really not that bad. That's, like, a That's 2.1 <laughs> assist to turnover ratio. And to be honest, they run all their offense through him. The He's o- getting the ball a lot. The only thing I would want to see is, like, I'd rather him be, like, a 27, 7, and 7 guy. And, you know, <laughs> Porzingis be more I wonder involved. who averages that. Well, LeBron, obviously, but I mean, I want—I just want Porzingis more involved in our offense. Like, I was talking to my my uh, my friend Chris, a big Mavs fan as well from the Dallas area, um, and he was telling me, you know, like, yeah, Porzingis is too early to tell with him, and I I agree, it's too early to tell with him, but he has all the potential in the world to be the number two piece. Like, you know, this could be a team where it's a dynamic duo that wins a championship. Like, I can see Luca being the the best player on this team, and Porzingis is the second best player. They don't need a third all-star. Like, this could be it. They just need the right players around them. But Porzingis, like, we need to start seeing that. We need to see him step up. Yeah, he's coming off ACL injury. But, uh, you know, what... It's been his first year with the Mavericks, though. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there, though. They, like... Mm-hmm. You know, what... I mean, what ideally, at the end of the day, if the Mavs are going to win a championship, how do you imagine him playing? Because I guess how his play style is going to be important, too. What do you think that it is? I, I do believe, just like you said, it will be a more, uh, we play through Luka. Luka is our main guy, and Porzingis will be the uh, sort of icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. How he'll, he'll probably, he'll, he'll get a lot more, like, just like you said, you want him to get more buckets, so it will put a lot more ease off of 
Luca's need to score, but you still want Luca to score, but you still want him to like do the main thing as facilitate because the ball essentially or the ball does originally run through Luca. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, like, because when I when I think about it, like you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like it's a, I don't want to say it's like the, they're similar to them, but if you made them more about skill, because like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, they're they're super athletes. Embiid can shoot threes; he's not the best three point shooter. So I mean, like, and Ben Simmons can't shoot at all. But I mean, like, what are they? They're a primary ball handler. That's more of a small forward height and a center. I think the same thing. You have Luca, who's a primary ball handler, but he's more of a small forwardish size. And you have a center in Chris F. Porzingis. That's where he should play. I think they can be better than those guys. They're younger than them. They have, like, Luca can shoot. Like, Luca can shoot really well. So, I mean, like, he's already, I think Luca is better than Ben Simmons in my eyes. That's just my opinion. And then I think Porzingis, who I don't think he'll be better than Joel Embiid, but he can be the perfect match in that he can shoot threes way better than Embiid can. He can shoot all over the floor way better. Uh, maybe he's not the best low post guy because Marcus yeah. Smart against the Celtics last week when they were playing, Marcus Smart was botting this man low post wise. Like Porzingis came back, he said, "I worked on the low post game over the summer when I had the ability well, to." I think well, Marcus Smart is the kind of person who he doesn't care who he goes. I've seen him try to post up against LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron six eight. Well, Marcus Smart is the reasonable. dog that will try to defend any man that's in front of him. Like this man is seven three. So like what I'm saying is. That's just one example, but he needs to be able to post up those guards because he's going to run a lot of pick and roll with Luca, and he's going to get those switches. Oh, he's just going to disrespect it if guards are uh, guarding him, though. Yeah, he so... He should be able to get buckets off of that. Yeah, we want to see him punish people in the post, and then that unlocks our game so much more. So, I mean, like, I've loved what I've seen from the Mavs so far. It's just a matter of, can we put it together? And we have the pieces there. Luca's doing his, his, uh, his role. All we're waiting for now is for Porzingis to get warmed up, to get, uh, you know, tied up and everything. We've got him paid, all that stuff. Exciting things to look forward to there. Um, what other teams? I mean, Portland, again, slow start. Uh, there's a reason why they signed Carmelo. Uh, I'm going to go watch that game after this. What have you thought about the Rockets? Uh, I, well, it started off where it kind of just seemed like James Harden, or the, at the beginning of the season, James Harden was getting a lot of it, what seemed like, a lot of his points from the free throw line but he's he's it, it took a while and I kind of I don't really hear that much actually about like Russell Westbrook I mostly hear like you know I'll hear that James Harden dropped 40 something and then I'll look over at Russell Westbrook's stats and I'm like oh well that makes sense to why he did that if James Harden is doing 40 something points a game and it's just that uh, it, it, I feel like it, it's we it's heard nice it we, I mean we, it's a very I heard nice it looking nice to watch team yeah, like they're they're a video game team for sure. Drive kick, all that stuff. They have the perfect stars mm. for it. I mean, my my thing is, are they gonna have depth? But also to this, like, you know, I heard on Jalen Jacoby, and I kind of agree with it. You know, Harden is doing all this, and there's nothing wrong with that. He never gets hurt. He has the durability, all that stuff. But I mean, you're paying Westbrook a lot of money. What's he doing? Like, can he at least be a better <laughs> shooter? Because he's shooting 21% from the three point line, like. And I know his volume's not going down. His volume was high last year, and they're not telling him to not shoot those because you want that those opportunities. My thing is, can he improve as a shooter? That's going to be the barometer for success on this team because Chris Paul was a perfect fit for this team, but that's basketball-wise, not personality-wise. Westbrook is a perfect fit personality-wise, but not a perfect basketball fit. So can he work himself into being that good basketball fit? We're going to see James Harden, though, balling out. I think this man's averaging like 43 points a game over the last eight games. He's, he's on a tear. So give that man some credit. He won an MVP. Uh, I want to use this last minute to talk about that man, Giannis. He's also out here killing it. This, put, this man putting up like 35 and 16 every night. I don't get it. And he's like leading his team in assists with less talent. Uh, keep watching that man. Shout out to him. Uh, we only have like 30 seconds left. It's about to kick us out. But my man Colip, thanks for coming on again. We talked about the NFL. Anytime, man. Um, we got we're gonna we're gonna link up again on the soccer. We're gonna link up again on the on the basketball. And then of course, you know, we got Patriots and Cowboys this Sunday. So you know I'm gonna be talking a lot of shit to you this week and to everyone else uh, I'm playing in fantasy. Anyone else you wanna shout out real quick in the last thirty seconds? Uh quick congratulations since we haven't done a podcast since then to the uh Washington Nationals. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Shout out to Bryce Harper. Uh, 
<laughs> He's probably very upset. Yeah, we'd be too. Um, anyone else? But, uh, uh, hopefully a quick recovery tomorrow night. I had him on my fantasy team. It All was right. a great steal for me. So we'll but, go now. Three um, seconds that- left.